Welcome. I'm Sarah Pollack. And I'm Quinn Faison. And together, we coach parents of preteens, teens, and young adults at Plan P. We have been there and done that. And when the going got tough, the P was for many things and always for practice, patience, and pause. The work that we do now as coaches has the full support and approval of both of our amazing children and teachers, Ellie and Harrison. So if you're a parent, you've come to the right place. We're going to give you tools to practice clear communication with your children, which will improve your relationships. We are so honored and excited to have you join us on this incredible journey where learning is in the pause and perfection is found in the practicing. Let's get moving. Hello, hello. Welcome back. So we're going to take a little pause in our regularly scheduled program. So this is really a little more of the getting to know you series. Who are we? (laughs) I was going to say, it's actually something that differentiates us in a good way. What are you talking about, Gwen? <laughs> so what we're going to talk about, <laughs> let's, are, let's give them a clue, are the tattoos that we've gotten. Mm, right. So the things that we chose sort of show a difference between us. Yeah. And the similarity, I would even say. Yeah, I guess I see more of the difference. Okay, so you see them as more different and I see them as more the same. And so now in that getting to know us way... You're learning more about us already. <laughs> we see things differently. Yeah. Because we are human. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say different. Different. Different humans. And that's one of the things that we talk about all the time when we talk to parents about their children is how different we all are. Yeah. It's that old thing. I, I don't know. I was told when I was really young, I can't remember when, about people are like snowflakes. We're all the same and we're all different. Yeah. Oh man. They talk about that a lot in like kindergarten. (laughs) By the time, I mean, here's the thing with kids, by the time they're adolescents, we say that, but we give it short shrift at a time when in fact they're discovering what their snowflake looks like. Right. I mean, that's like that pivotal moment. So I'm going to step back though, because what brought this subject on of our tattoos is people often will notice them. They're on our forearms. They're on our forearms so people can see them. And they're like, so what is that? What does that say? So uh, there was a pause in the pandemic. We thought we were through the pandemic, which turned out to be (laughs) not so true. But there was that first pause the summer of 21, 21, where we thought, ah, the worst is over and um, we can, pardon the expression, breathe easy now. (laughs) And so in celebration of that, we thought we'd get tattoos. Well, the tattoo, can I back up just a minute? Yeah, absolutely. Because they came to us in the pandemic or mine came to me. Right. This idea came to me. I read it somewhere. We were reading massive amounts because we really didn't know what else to do. We were transitioning careers. We were talking to lots and lots of parents, but not necessarily professionally because we had this experience with Harrison and people sort of were like, you know, you should call my friend of my cousin's best friend, Sarah and Quinn. And so we were sort of fielding calls because parents were alone with teens and not knowing what to do. And how do you keep them in the house? And how do you not keep them in the house? And oh my gosh, the, there was a lot of panic in the pandemic. Yeah. And so the, we started doing the work that we're doing now and 
in so doing, there was a lot of reading that we did. And I came across this phrase, which I shared with a friend who Spanish is her first language and she is literally a translator. That's her field of expertise and how she earns a living. And she said it in Spanish and it was just like so beautiful. So what it says is devoción implacable a la esperanza y la verdad, which in Spanish, a language I do not speak. <laughs> she said it and I was like, oh my God, that's beautiful. What is that? And she said, it's what you just said. <laughs> and I was like, ah, relentless devotion to hope and truth. And that came to me and it was so important in that moment. And I'd already had many experiences of learning this sort of like, you know, diagnosed with MS. That was like, oh, and that happened. And then the stuff with Harrison built upon that in some ways. Mm. It was like this, like, I need to have hope because if I don't have hope, I'm living in the all is lost world and I'm panicking and I'm not actually doing anything. And the truth was that I knew he was fine. Like I trusted in some weird way that something had to change in me because he was a young adult, an adolescent, whatever. He was scaring me and he was changing because that's, I mean, it's, it's that toddler's to teens. It's like when you have a baby and that's such a huge transition and you're like, holy insert expletive here. <laughs> what just happened? Every parent, there's that moment you know, you have that baby and there wasn't a baby here yesterday. And that's a wonderful, you're like, oh, it's so wonderful. It's so, and then two weeks later, you're like, what have we done? A lot of parents have that experience. Right. And it was the same with the teen years in some ways. It's like, oh, how exciting they're going to high school and what a wonderful opportunity for them. And, you know, a year and a half later, it was what is going on here? So that this relentless devotion to having hope, and also being realistic about the truth felt really important to me. So that's where mine came. And I woke up and I sort of said something to you about this. And we made this decision. We made a plan, a pandemic plan to get these done when people could leave their homes again. Right. In celebration. <clears throat> celebration. So we did that in July of in 2021. July of yeah. And and mine is a little different. Mine is actually um, math, <laughs> sort of. I mean, I think a math person might not be able to read it any better than somebody who doesn't know math. But um, they're mathematical. They're mathematical symbols. <clears throat> symbols. And the first is a delta, which is how you measure the difference between things. So it's the measure of change. Hmm. And then an equal sign, and then x which is the constant so what it says to me is uh change is constant so i've been thinking about that a long time for me it's really important to remember that things change all the time even the things that seem like they're not changing change things are in a state of decay or growth one or the other right they're always changing everything all the time so it helps me to remember not to hold on too tightly to what I think is going on, mm. you know, because everything changes all the time. Yeah. And that's especially true with teenagers. You know, they, they are going to get through this period. This is a period of growth 
but it is also a stage of growth. Right. You said something that really struck me, which was, it reminds me to not hold on too tightly. Right. That's the hope anyway. I hold on to things very tightly often, but hopefully when I look at my arm, I can remember not to. Right. And when we sort of came to this moment of like, okay, yes, one of the ways we're going to celebrate the end of this insert expletive again show, mm. <laughs> also known as the pandemic, the way we're going to celebrate is we're going to market permanently what we learned. Right. For me, I had come to a new realization because the only constant is change. And what I love about them, and I see them as leading into each other, because mine is a relentless truth, right? One could perceive that as holding on tightly to. Uh huh. And in my case, in this case, it's holding on tightly to hope. Honestly, other possibilities exist. Right. And truth, which is leads to yours, which is the only constant change. So if I can hold on tightly to the reminder that there are endless possibilities, not just my fear of what's going to happen. There are endless possibilities. And the truth is that everything's going to keep changing. And sometimes I can change as well. But the truth, the real, real truth is I can change me and everything else is going to keep changing. Yeah. Constantly is what I hear you saying. And sometimes it feels like it's spinning wildly out of control. Yeah, sometimes they're changing more quickly than others, right? Right. So teenagers are changing very quickly. You know, when we're quote unquote adults, we change more slowly. But, you know, in in his 90s, my father was still changing. Oh, His ideas, his, you know. No, he can't. And your father, too, is still you know, learning things and investigating. And he's more curious. And I hope to grow up and be as curious as my father is at 86. Right. I mean, he is changing and I am grateful for that change. And he is open to new possibilities, some of them, and he's expanding on his existing possibilities And how much am I changing? How much am I being curious? I mean, and that's the relentless devotion allows me to believe that other possibilities exist Mm -hmm. and acknowledge the truth. The change is just going to keep happening. Right. And whether we want it to or not. Right. I kept, you know, like, so when I got sober, I kept thinking that this would allow me to get to a place where I could stay. Mm. You know, I kept looking for that snapshot, if you will, of, you know, like, this is what it will look like. And it, it wasn't a picket fence and 2.5 children, but that's, you know, that's the sort of fairy tale. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Place that, that fairy we, tale. We go in our heads, like, we'll get married. The right? children and, will listen to me and do it my way. Right. And I, had, so I had this picture in my head of where I'd get to. Mm. And, you know, I was struggling to get to that place. And at some point, I don't think I came close necessarily to that place. I realized there was no place that I could get to and it would stay the same. Right. And for me, that's a lot, you know, like friends come and go and they don't necessarily leave my life entirely, but people are important in different ways at different times. So, you know, I'll be very close to somebody for a day, a week, a month, a year, you know, like they're different periods of time and then I will have less contact with them and then something will happen and I'll have more contact with them, Mm. you know? So this, this flow of life, 
that is what I'm trying to stay in. And I love all of that. I mean, I think that's part of the dysfunction that I have is I want to feel safe by Mm. knowing that it will not change, you know, like if it wouldn't change, I would feel safe, but that's an illusion. I love everything. I'd probably get really bored if it never changed. Right. Right. And the other truth. I don't know. Is that true? That's for another podcast. Would you be really bored? Probably. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) like I'm introverted, so I think I don't need people, but if I don't get enough social contact, it's not good. I mean, I can feel the difference when I suddenly see somebody and I'm like, oh, wow, that feels great. So as much as I think I'd be fine on a desert island, actually, I wouldn't. Right. That last one, there's so much in there that I really heard and I love. And it's like, right, we think we know what's going to make us feel safe. And as Mm. parents, I thought I knew, and it was sort of like, I thought I knew what would make my child safe. Right. At a point when it was really part of my job to back off a little more. And we talk about this a lot Mm -hmm. to let them experience. And part of me, my hair goes on fire because it's like to experiment with what you think is safe, which is so not safe, (laughs) but I'm here and everything's always changing. I wanted them to change so that I would feel safe. Because right. it would not change. We would have the same relationship. When I didn't really want the same relationship. I didn't want to be tying their <laughs> shoes when they could tie their shoes. I was going to say, I you didn't, didn't want to be a chauffeur for the rest of their life. I didn't want to be a chauffeur for the rest of their life. There's so many things. I wanted them to change and not change. And that's sort of putting them in quite a predicament. Do we not think? Yeah. You know, I want you to change like I want you to change. Yeah. Well, that's At always, a time, always the thing, right? I, it's the vision I see. Right. At a time when really all the evidence exists that they are trying really hard and they deserve this time and space to learn who they are. I'm still learning who I am. Right. Can you imagine? And my father may listen to this podcast sometime and hear that I'm still learning. You know, this is the thing about all of our parents My parents are marvelous and wonderful beyond words. And there are other parents, like all of our parents did the best they could. And I know that. I have complete confidence in that. It doesn't mean they didn't do some things which had impact upon me in ways that probably weren't intended. Yeah. And I did the same to our kids. I did the best I could. And there will be endless things that I will come up with. And sometimes I'll tell them and sometimes I won't. And it doesn't really (laughs) matter. Well, and the, th- the other thing is there's no way to get parenting 100% right. There's no way. No way. We're back to that one book that doesn't exist and that right, one podcast exactly. that doesn't exist. Exactly. So, you know, we do the best we can and there are mistakes in there. And often we're correcting the mistakes we think our parents made by doing it differently, <laughs> which creates different mistakes. And I want to meet the parent who hasn't heard their parent's voice coming out of their mouth. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Like if if we are 100% honest, I'm like, did I? Hold on. How did mom enter the room? You know, because we learn a little different. And the other thing that I'm going to go back to what you were saying earlier, because it's still with me very much. This change is constant. And all those things that change that we don't really understand. And... 2.5 children. So if somebody told you 
30 years ago, let's say, mm -hmm. that you would be married, have two stepchildren and a dog <laughs> and an offense. It might not be white picket. <laughs> <laughs> like, would you have seen that as a possibility? Uh, a possibility? A remote possibility? Yes. If someone had told you, you'll be married to me. That would have been <laughs> mind-blowing. Because um, we did know each other back then. We weren't married. We weren't in a relationship. Yeah, but I was, I was in relationships with people who had kids or wanted to have kids. While it was not my goal, necessarily, <laughs> it wasn't something I was adverse to either. Right. Yeah. There are lots of things in life where if you had told me 10 years ago, oh, I'm sorry, if you had told me four years ago well, that on March 13th, 2020, my whole world would be shaken up, upside down, and I would have been in partnership with the whole world, maybe not on March 13th, but like if anyone had told you five well, years ago. If, if anyone had told me I'd live in California, I, that would have, I would have been surprised about. But the pandemic itself was such a lesson in you think you know what's going on and it can <laughs> all change in a moment. And the thing that's remarkable about it was not that everything changed because that happens in people's lives. You know, there are accidents, there, there are fires, there are whatever that change everything about how you look at life or right. what's going on for you right. um, in an instant. But the whole country had that shift at roughly the same time, which just made it sort of mind boggling. Like everything changed. I mean, right. toilet paper. I was going to say availability. Well, we went to fear, right? Because it had happened like this. Like, I mean, I've been in earthquakes. There right. are things that shift the earth, right? Things that shift under, our, under yeah. our feet, and and there are lots of things through history where things have changed in an instant and people come together. Right. Oh, interesting. And then the pandemic, we were forced apart as that was happening. Yeah. Because we shouldn't be close to each other. Right. That's an interesting thing I hadn't thought of. I always think about how it shifted for everybody all at the same time and not just my perspective on the whole, on the world. Right. And, yeah, it did shift the whole world. And we're still in the process, I choose to believe, of understanding all the implications. Yeah. And what are the shifts where things can be renewed, yeah. changed yeah, for the better? And I think that in that moment when we all sort of were thrown into it together, but all apart, and everyone came from a place instantly overnight of, I'm going to call it deprivation and fear, we're going right. to have to be isolated Who's got the toilet paper? Right, right. Those empty shelved moments. I mean, that was an extreme fear reaction. Yes. And then we got used to it, changed Zoom. Who who had heard of Zoom six years ago? I mean, yeah. Zoom was out there. But one of those opportunities, one of those possibilities, I would have said that, what's the name of the thing that we used to use? Oh, yeah. No, it was uh, Skype. Skype. Thank you. Yeah, we what would have said Skype? that Skype would have been the thing that everybody used to communicate. There was an opportunity for someone there. Yeah. And and somehow or other that all shifted, and I have no idea. And I'm grateful for Zoom. Yeah. Zoom opened up so many possibilities for us professionally, for um, the world, for connections, for families, 
like technology has good and bad. Yeah. And one of those was good. So in that other possibilities exist, the teen years are an opportunity for change. And it's interesting because when it's somebody else changing, it's harder. This is one of those huge shifts, the huge shift when they're born. Right. And now the huge shift when they're leaving our home. That is like, these are really big markers for us as parents. Yeah. And a lot of us look back and see all the, I'll speak for myself. (laughs) The things we missed. The missed opportunities. Right. You know, I did all the things quote unquote wrong, which Harrison's own unique snowflake. Allie is, Allie's unique and nothing fills me with joy these days as witnessing that growth, that change, that shift. Yeah, no, and they're still in their developmental years, really. So they're still changing at a greater pace than we are. Yeah. Well, they're still in growth. Right. Whereas we are on the other side of that. Literally, we are shrinking. In decay. (laughs) But both of us, all of us are regenerating every day. Yes. Like our physical beings. Yeah. Some cells are dying. Some are being born constantly. Different rates. Yeah. No, apparently it takes seven years for every cell in your body to change. Right. So it's interesting to me that when we become parents, that's a fresh start. Newborns. It's like they're, they're new. (laughs) They're exceptional. And we don't see the transition of adolescence as a fresh start. Right. Because there's so many possibilities. Well, for them, it's a fresh start, right? Because at least for me, leaving home was like, oh, I get to be, I remember I went to the same school from first through 12th grade. And so going to college, it was like, oh, I can be whoever I want to be. Of course, I ended up being the same person because, (laughs) oh, I am the same person. Not as easy to just sort of be different as I thought. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I think that 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 what you're talking about is something that, I mean, I moved around a lot, right? So I got to reinvent myself in first grade and then reinvent myself again in third grade. And right. then re, and I got really good at reinventing and I sort of had no idea who I was. But right. I mean, I was like, who do I want to be this year? Oh, high school. We moved right. halfway across the country for high school and I got to pretend that I was all that or at least act like and try and weasel my way into a school like yours where... Everybody had gone there since the beginning of time. And and I saw how some of those kids were stuck right. who they were in third grade. Uh-huh. And some of them had been able to, I mean, I don't know, because I didn't go to school with all those kids through all those years. Right. But it's interesting to me in that we have such very different experiences of that, mm-hmm. how much that impacted us. And again, those things were just our parents. I mean, my parents, there was just change. There were new opportunities for my dad for new jobs right. that were good. It was moving in the direction that he wanted to move. Mm-hmm. And that meant that as children, we just got moved around. And I think that the impact of that on my sister and myself was very, very different. Right, right. Not better, not worse. My parents didn't do anything right or wrong. They actually were doing everything right. Yeah. For the family as a unit. So it's a fresh start for them. But for us, it's an ending. And I like to refer back to my tattoo it's a fresh start. It's a new changed relationship. I mean, I'm always going to be their mother. Yes. That will never change. Yes. That is a truth. Yeah. All that's ending is they're living in your house 
or but even they're if not they actually stay in your house out necessarily. But I mean, I know people. We know a fair number of people who their children, their adult children, live with them sometimes within the same house because those two people are trying to save up to buy their own home, and their parents have enough room in their home that they're like, "Live with us while you save for a couple of years." We know people who have in-law apartments and the kids live downstairs. Yeah. And, I mean, there's no end of possibilities. That's right. No. So the point that I was trying to make was just for us, it often feels like an ending because they're no longer dependent on us. All right. So, you know. Right. Well, then it is an ending there. They are no longer dependent. So there's a there's a feeling of loss for us, mm. but that's actually an illusion, right? Right. Because we will have a continuing oh, relationship with them. That's it's going to per- be a different relationship. It's going to be a changed relationship, yeah. but it will still be a relationship, good, bad, or indifferent. It's still a relationship. So I love that perspective shift. It's just a different relationship that we are building, which I think is in some ways what I said, but in some ways what you just said, did I get that right? Yeah. And it's changing. Yeah. Well, the only constant <laughs> is change. So whether we think we're, you know, at the end of the line or not, it's actually just change. Even if we think we're in the stable middle, it's still changing. Right. And if I am relentlessly devoted to holding on to them, then I'm not letting them change. It well, is. I'm trying to force them down my path. I'm right. using air quotes, mine. Right. We want them to be a particular way, whether that's holding them to who they were or having them go down the path we want. I think of the square peg round hole because it feels like a shape that we're trying to shape them into the our narrow definition of where they should right. be going or what they should be doing. So here's the thing. Yes. The job which we accepted when they were born uh-huh. was shaping them to a degree, helping them through boundaries, understand right from wrong, our moral beliefs, our values. Right. Right. I mean, that is part of parenting. Even parents who might not be very successful in that, they birth that child with hope. We put our hopes and dreams on them. Yes. And then we start planning. <laughs> How they're going to get to those hopes and dreams. Right. Yeah. And they become our hopes and dreams. And this is the stage where, and one of my very favorite quotes ever is Stacey Abrams, hopes and dreams without a plan are just wishes. Mm. And we start wishing and hoping and forget that now it's their time, their time to find their own hopes and dreams. And if they wanted to be a firefighter at five and now they want to be a firefighter, great. If they, I don't know, never had any idea what they wanted to do, great. There's no end of possibilities and allowing them the grace of changing their mind. And this generation, they got a lot of grace. They can change their mind a hundred times. And, and I for sure thought, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't teach them to code because <laughs> I don't know how to code. How was I going to teach them to code? I didn't do, I didn't do, you know, I loved them unconditionally. Yeah. This is the thing about parenting preteens, teens, and young adults. It's that opportunity to recognize that we gave them a lot and not need them to appreciate that, but just know it. Right. 
and spend a little time remembering that having a relentless devotion to hope there's truth to that i did good i didn't do perfect <laughs> <laughs> so uh the practice for this week and here again we're a little different because i would have you go one way and sarah would have you go another because <laughs> our tattoos are different <laughs> so my idea for the practice was identify the you know the values or the ideas that you feel strongly enough about to hold on to to tattoo on your body not that you should necessarily but to... we are not suggesting that you go and tattoo yourself right but what what would you tattoo on yourself oh. to to remind you of this value or right. idea that that you want to hold on to right what would you make a commitment to right. live with forever <laughs> I'm reminded of the sandlot. Right. Um, and I, I would tap onto that, that, you know, temporary tattoos are a thing. Yeah. You can try <laughs> things out. You can actually create your own temporary tattoo. And like, oh, how does that feel? How does that feel? How does that feel? Is it a different font? Is it a completely different thing? And that one doesn't relate to me anymore. I mean, I, right. I have not done this with temporary tattoos. I, I will say I spent a fair amount of time in the pandemic for a year between when we came up with this idea and we were actually allowed to go be in a tattoo parlor, be in a tattoo parlor. And there was enormous demand. So that wasn't an easy thing to find. So visit some temporary tattoo sites. If you're inclined, wear jewelry that you didn't, and like it, it can come in so many ways. This trying this manifestation of what you're willing to commit to. It's true. I had someone who, was making a commitment. I said, how are you going to remind yourself of that? And she said, I'm going to put orange shoelaces in my sneakers. Right. <laughs> you can do it any way you <laughs> that, like. That, yeah, that would work. What is it that you would be willing to do to, to remind yourself what your hopes are and what your truth is? Think about your values and your ideas about the world. And what is the one thing that you most want to remind yourself of. Right. And how committed to it are you? I'm also reminded of Katie Milkman, who wrote a book called How We Change, How to Change, How to Change. And in it, she talks about people instinctively gravitating towards moments that feel like fresh starts when they want to make change happen. Mm. And I'm here to remind everyone that today is a fresh start. Put orange shoelaces in. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to Plan P. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and gained some valuable takeaways that you can practice this week. And remember, change takes time and practice. To stay connected with us and ensure you never miss an episode, make sure to hit that subscribe button and share our podcast with friends, family, or any other parents who could benefit from our discussions. You can also keep up with all things Plan P on Instagram and TikTok at Plan P is for. If you have any burning questions or specific topics which you'd like us to address on the show, please just email us at connect at planp.us. If you want to talk to one of us, go to our website at planp.us to learn about us and schedule your free coaching session online. All details and links will be in the show notes. 
We can't wait to reconnect with you on the next episode. See you next week.